Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, October 13th, 2017. Our weekly guest on the show is Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer, who joins me today at the Frankfurt Book Fair. Welcome back to Beyond the Book, Andrew, and welcome back to Frankfurt. Greetings, Chris. It's nice to be with you face-to-face here in Germany. Well, as always it is, and especially this week where the weather for Frankfurt in October has been rather pleasant indeed. And at what is arguably the book industry's most global annual event, Andrew, we heard Carolyn Reedy, Simon & Schuster's CEO, declare that all publishing is local. She spoke at a CEO panel answering questions from trade publication writers and editors like yourself, and we'll learn more about what she said shortly. But whether local or global, Global, much of the fair was political. At an opening ceremony that spotlighted guests of honor France and more expansively the French language, wherever it's spoken, French President Emmanuel Macron said there are so many groups trying to spread hatred, fanaticism, and dogmatism, and we have to stand up to that. And, and I felt listening to that that many in the audience from the publishing world said, yes, that's what we do. We stand up to that. Absolutely. And, you know, before the fair, we had spoken a number of times about how we expected this was going to be a very political fair. And I think it turned out to be so. And indeed, you would expect it to be political, especially with having Angela Merkel, the Chancellor of Germany and President of France, Emmanuel Macron, appear at the fair here this year. And I thought I I will say this unabashedly. I had a little bit of president envy watching Macron speak in complete sentences up there and talk about books and talk about culture. I thought he gave a, a quite a stirring talk about the power of publishing, uh, about the power of multilingualism, about the importance of culture in uniting, not dividing Europe, at a time when we have these rising tides of nationalism sweeping through uh, not only Germany, but in France, uh, in Italy, uh, in other countries in Europe as well, uh, in America, and in the UK with Brexit. Uh, We heard Emmanuel Macron and uh, Angela Merkel really talk about how culture and multilingualism will unite and not divide Europe in the future. Well, what Macron said was without culture, there is no Europe. And at at a global event like Frankfurt Book Fair, where, uh, you know, there are people from dozens of different countries and dozens of different languages spoken, uh, it's common to see people wearing headsets and getting translations. I was lucky enough to take off my headset and listen to Macron in the original French as he spoke it. And and I agree, uh, it was a a fairly stirring uh, speech. It's easy to give a speech about uh, love of expression and and love of uh, uh, freedom to write and, and and to publish. It's easy, especially before an audience like the like the book fairs. And yet he, he made it personal. He made it seem authentic. And, and it felt it felt like uh, there was something behind the speech rather than just words. And and, you know, in 1989, that was the last time that French authors and publishers were honored uh, at the Frankfurt Book Fair. Those days are gone, but in 1989, the Berlin Wall still stood. And it was a point that uh, German Chancellor Angela Merkel, who grew up in East Germany, uh, made. And it was interesting to hear her as sort of a witness to that. She also said, in literature, we see the reflection of the soul in our society, which is based on freedom. And that freedom of expression goes hand in glove with political freedom. So, so she, she really very much echoed what Macron had to say and added her own sense of it from the German perspective. 
She certainly did. And again, I thought, once again, I had Chancellor Envy, I guess you'd call it, because again, I thought she was also very eloquent. Um, and you're right. One of the things that I thought was the most interesting part of Mer- Merkel's talk uh, was that she took time to respond to Heinrich Riethmüller, uh, who is the president of the Borsenwein, which is the German Publishers Association, who during his opening remarks almost lectured her a little bit about the importance of copyright and lobbied her uh, against certain copyright legislations in Germany that he says are really doing a number on the German publishing industry. And she wasn't planning on talking about it. She, she said in her remarks that she, she could not comment after eight years uh, in office on this issue. Uh, she was going to go off script a little bit. And she basically told Ruth Mueller that you're going to have to compromise at some point. We've been trying to put something together for all these years, and it seems like the two sides, the digital access people and the people who want to protect intellectual property and the legacy publishers, that they're never going to agree. And we've been trying to get you to sit down at the table together, and it's just not happening. Uh, so she kind of turned his uh, little talk from the stage right around on him and said, we're here, we're going to work towards something. And she actually pledged to work towards copyright and intellectual property reforms with President Macron. But she she basically told Ruth Mueller, you guys got to come to the table at some point and sit down and we have to forge a consensus. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. Well, at, at least they were all put on the spot and it was great to watch. And it was rather striking that such an unscripted moment could occur at what must have been for those who were organizing the event, you know, scripted down to the last second. And so that made for a very lively exchange. Indeed, I agree. And the the other CEOs, the other leaders that we have heard from throughout the week uh, are CEOs of publishing houses, of course. And there was an event on Wednesday that featured two CEOs, uh, the CEO of uh, Albert Michel, which is. A, a French publisher, as well as the CEO of Simon & Schuster, Carolyn Reedy. And she had a lot of interesting things to say. Some of them drew laughter uh, and, and sort of uh, happy nods from the audience who appreciated her giving a light take on some of the very difficult questions. Tell us about that. You, you were there among the panel of uh, interviewers. Yeah, I thought Carolyn Reedy was absolutely fantastic at that panel. She was uh, fun and she was unguarded and she gave honest answers to all these questions. And she had a big smile on her face, as I expected she would, as, as a publisher who comes into Frankfurt with eight number one New York Times bestsellers, including the top nonfiction and fiction bestsellers. She was feeling pretty good. I spoke to her after the panel and she laughed and she said, it's a wheel. One day you're on top and the next day you're at the bottom. So, But right now she was really enjoying herself. And she had a lot of interesting things to say. I thought she made some very interesting comments about the, the print and digital balance. Um, obviously, she's very happy that print is stabilized, but she didn't seem... She wasn't, she wasn't gloating about where ebooks were. She definitely seemed convinced that there was going to be more innovation in the future and the publishers need to be on guard to, to take advantage of that innovation. Uh, my role in the interviewing, I got, I got to do the short straw sort of and had to ask her about the political overtones of the fair. I say I got the short straw because you never know how those questions are going to go over. And what I wanted to know was that because of the overtones at the fair, we're all talking about the politics that are here, but... Do those conversations make it up to the C-suite? Do, do they affect publishers? Do they think about politics when they're running their companies? And both Carolyn and Guillaume Duveur said, yes, they do think about these things. Um, and she gave some very thoughtful answers to especially freedom of expression. She, she kind of talked about freedom of expression, which I think is something she's struggling with right now with a lawsuit over uh, from Milo Yiannopoulos, who 
we didn't actually talk about. Milo's sort of the name. It's like Voldemort. You can't really say his name. <laughs> um, you, you beat me to that line. <laughs> you know, she's in a live litigation, so she wasn't going to talk about him. But she did talk about the risk that is now involved with publishers who want to try to break out new voices, but have to worry about uh, some of those voices crossing a line somewhere. It's something publishers have always had to deal with, but I think it's especially tough now. And she acknowledged that. And the most interesting thing she said to me, I asked her, because I had heard rumors from other publishers that they were thinking about putting in morals clauses for authors to actually be able to sever publishing contracts because of an author's bad behavior, not necessarily because of the book they've written. Uh, to me, that's a terribly slippery slope, and I think would be a very very controversial issue for publishers uh, if they were to start jettisoning authors for their moral conduct, uh, much like a shoe company might, you know, several like a sneaker company might get rid of somebody for an athlete for behaving badly. And so I asked Carolyn if SNS had actually considered a morals clause or had one. And she said, yes, they had considered putting a morals clause into their contracts. Uh, they don't have one yet, but the fact that it's even being talked about at a company like Simon & Schuster, I think tells you just how much risk publishers feel is out there in the free speech world today. Well, the other interesting thing she said, I thought, was this notion of, of what might stop somebody from publishing, and of course, traditionally, it would be censorship from the state, and we've been hearing a lot throughout the fair uh, about the situation in Turkey, where many authors and uh, publishers are in jail. Uh, and, or in fear of uh, losing their, their livelihoods. She mentioned state censorship, but she also talked about, I think she even used the, verb, the, uh, the, the phrase, rather, mob rule. She spoke about the kind of censorship that occurs via social media um, by people who simply object to uh, whatever the author uh, is, is trying to uh, speak to. She did, and I think that's a, a really interesting point. Uh, outrage can be generated so quickly on social media today. And indeed, when Simon & Schuster signed Milo Yiannopoulos, Simon & Schuster became the focus of a boycott. Simon & Schuster authors organized. They put together uh, like an auto mailing, etc. And basically, it generated so much outrage on social media that SNS was feeling the pressure. I don't know how to feel about those things, to be perfectly honest. It's it's to, to see outrage mobilized into economic boycotts so quickly on one hand it scares me to see that and that's what carolyn reedy pointed out as well that it's uh it's she didn't think that was a good thing for the world that we could you know sort of knee-jerk organize into economic boycotts over speech issues uh how you deal with that how that influences how you sign up authors how you publish them who you walk away from it's certainly made the publishing industry a lot dicier well, indeed it has. And when Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly returns, we'll have a look at stability and renewal, or at least the appearance of it, here at Frankfurt Book Fair. For Beyond the Book, I'm Christopher Keneally. Publishers Weekly Radio has the very best in book talk directly from New York City, the heart of the book publishing world. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. And I'm Rose Fox. I'm a Senior Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Join us every Friday for a full hour of exciting author interviews, best-selling books, and expert reports on the nuts and bolts of publishing. Every week, we make sure that you have the inside story of your favorite story. Take a listen at publishersweekly.com slash pwradio. 
This is Beyond the Book, and I'm Christopher Keneally, joined today at the Frankfurt Book Fair by Andrew Albanese, senior writer at Publishers Weekly. And we've been talking about uh, the atmosphere uh, and, and, and some of the fireworks that we've seen at uh, the Frankfurt Book Fair. But what really matters, as you said earlier, Andrew, is the business. And uh, the business seems to be feeling pretty good about itself. Carolyn Reedy has good reason to feel good, but, but it seems like there are others uh, in her company. Yeah, it's been a... a, a a fairly upbeat show. Uh, there's been really good sales volume. There's been a lot of deals reported. Uh, there's even been some seven-figure deals that have been reported. Uh, memoirs seem to be really hot here. There was a share memoir that was announced uh, here at the fair this year. It definitely seems that publishers are have their feet underneath them again. No longer are we here at the fair with this cloud of digital disruption hanging over everybody. Everybody feels much better about where their business is. They feel much better about traditional bookstores surviving, about print not being rejected as a medium. And I think that's given everybody the confidence to spend money again, uh, to invest in authors again, and to feel just generally better about the industry. And this was something that at the, in the opening press conference that Penguin Random House CEO Marcus Dole pointed out. Uh, he basically pointed to the, the new stability of the publishing industry industry pointed out that print is back and that they're all feeling pretty good about where the industry is heading. Well, you know, it's funny. You talked about the sort of that cloud of disruption has dispersed, but you know, there may be other clouds uh, still behind that. And I've walked around the fair, not only through the uh, pavilions where there are U.S. And, and, and North American publishers, but as well for the Germans, for example, who are certainly well protected by many of the laws that uh, fix prices for books and, and do other things to ensure an environment that really tilts towards print. And, and, and I had to be thinking about uh, how, you know, we are a generation away from that 1989 date uh, that uh, Merkel brought brought up. And if somebody had sort of been transported here from 1989, despite all of the change in technology, they wouldn't know that from walking around Frankfurt Book Fair. Just in terms of like how much higher the prices are, that would be the only thing that might. Yeah, it's, it's very true. It really, if you it looks a lot like it probably did in 1989 in, in many ways for the publishing industry here. Uh, and, you know, and that's one of the things that Carolyn Reedy pointed out that, that I thought was really interesting is that they're feeling good, that there's stability here. They're in, they're, the, the book business is stable, but there's always something just lurking around the corner. And they're trying to stay wary. They're stry- trying to stay ahead of, of what is going to come next. And it's true. You just never know when the next thing is going to come from. I would say personally that talk to me in a generation. We're still the transitional generation when it comes to digital and print. iPhones, 10th anniversary of the iPhone here. And as much as we rely on them now, it's almost like we can't even envision our lives before our iPhones. But watch what happens when the generation who literally can't envision their lives (laughs) before iPhones uh, come of age. And that's when I think you'll see a a real uh, interesting moment for the book business. Indeed, it it would certainly be the iPhone that's a visitor from 1989, or we should say a smartphone that a visitor from 1989 would notice. Otherwise, things, as I said, would look uh, very much the same. And finally, Andrew Albanese, the stability that we've been discussing isn't only for the publishing industry, but for Frankfurt Book Fair itself. Yeah, I've spoken to fair organizers, and they're feeling pretty good about this year, too. I mean, I think there's two things that have really distinguished this year's fair, and one of them is pretty obvious. It's France. Uh, having France as the guest of honor at this key moment in political history in Europe, where France and Germany really are the leaders of Europe. In fact, I would say, given events in the U.S. and the U.K., that they're the leaders of the free world, not just Europe. We saw the leaders of the free world, and you and I had this conversation earlier, and 
I think you're right about uh, President Macron. I think he does see himself as a larger figure on the world stage. Um, so that created a lot of a lot of buzz here. Not only did you have 130, 150 French authors here and lots of events, you had just a, a real buzz that the, the France Guest of Honor program created for the whole year around the fair. And the other thing is that business is good and people are coming back to the fair. Uh, we're never going to see the numbers that I think we saw in 2009 before the global recession hit. I don't know that we'll ever get back to 155, 160,000 trade visitors at the Frankfurt Book Fair. But the number's been going up slightly, and fair organizers say that they expect that attendance from the professional side is going to be up again slightly this year. Probably not a big number, but it's going to be up again. And that'll make three years in a row after declining for five or six years in a row and losing 10,000 professional visitors to show a third year of growth, to have some excitement, to have some stability back in the industry. That's good news for them. But they're also very nervous because they remember what it, when they had to innovate. They remember what it was like when digital was just hitting and the recession on top of it. And it reminds them that they need to stay nimble. They need to stay forward thinking. So I wouldn't expect Frankfurt Book Fair to rest on its laurels. I would expect them to continue, uh, despite the good news, the stability in the industry, I would expect them to continue to try to introduce new programming and stay a little forward looking. Well, it, it's nice to be able to sit here at Frankfurt Book Fair and talk about some good news, but whatever the news is, we'll turn to Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer here on Beyond the Book. Thanks for joining me today. My pleasure, as always, and safe travels home. You too, Andrew. Coming up next on Beyond the Book, digital transformation is about more than transformative technology. An organization must also deploy its people in new creative ways. And knowledge engineering can position publishers to create a frictionless supply chain of information. Those were some of the takeaways from a Frankfurt Book Fair hotspot session featuring two of my Copyright Clearance Center colleagues, CTO Babis Marmanis and Carl Robinson, Principal Consultant with Copyright Clearance Center's London-based subsidiary Ixis. As Carl Robinson pointed out, the digital transformation journey isn't over quickly. At Ixis, uh, we and I have been involved in helping many, many publishers take the next step in their transformation journeys. And what we found, or what I found, is on this transformation journey, it often starts very much in a single department uh, and then grows and progresses throughout the entire business. This creates a transformative effect on the organization. Digital transformation, next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global leader in content management, discovery, and document delivery solutions. Through its relationships with those who use and create content, CCC and its subsidiaries RightsDirect and Ixis drive market-based solutions that accelerate knowledge, power publishing, and advance copyright. Beyond the Book co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. Mm-hmm.